0: Welcome, everyone, to On Podcast, the Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm your host today, Kareem Anderson, and I'm joined by David Allen, the fun one. We are going to be bringing you some not-so-fun news to today, though. Today uh, is a little, a little more brief, a little less fun, but we'll try and get through it as best we can. Uh, we have an overview discussion uh, about layoffs, Microsoft's big announcement this week, kind of gobbled up all the air in the room, which is that they are laying off about 5% of the workforce, which equals roughly 10,000 jobs. Now, I don't know if this is 10,000 employees or these are just positions in general. It may not necessarily be a one-for-one, so the numbers could be higher or lower than that, uh, depending on what they consider a job, because that was specifically what they mentioned. Um, We'll just get into some of the details. Uh, earlier this week, Microsoft's uh, CEO Satya Nadella shared uh, a note to all employees. I don't know if this is through email, but we know that we got a copy of it on the on Microsoft uh, blog. Uh, not not on Microsoft. It, the official Microsoft blog. We don't get leaks into their information. Uh, and I believe he's saying, well, Today, we're making changes that will result in the reduction of our overall workforce by 10,000 jobs through the end of fiscal year 2020 or uh, 20, uh, 2023." and Q3, which means that uh, over the next three months, basically between January, February and the end of March, they will be letting go uh, 10,000 jobs. This represents less than 5% of our total employee base, with the notifications being uh, handed out earlier this week. Uh, It's important to note uh, that while we are limiting roles in some areas, we will continue to hire in key strategic areas. So they are not under hiring freeze uh, for anybody who is lucky enough to get a job uh, with them in the next three months. now, we wrote, while Nadella's open letter to employees highlighted the effects of the pseudo-post-pandemic post, economy, he also notes that the company also made some bets that hadn't panned out the way that the company initially planned. And he, he also notes that, uh, quote, these are the kinds of hard choices we have uh, made throughout our 47-year history to remain a consequential company in the industry that is unforgiving uh, to anyone who doesn't adapt to platform shifts. As such, we're taking a $1.2 billion charge in Q2 to severance costs, changes to our hardware portfolio and the cost of uh, lease consolidations as we create a higher density across our workspace. Um, Also in quote, we are committed to ensuring all of these roles are eliminated, all the roles that are eliminated have our full support during these transitions. Uh, US benefits eligible uh, employees will receive a variety of benefits, including above market severance pay, uh, continuing healthcare coverage for six months, continued besti- uh, vesting of stocks awarded for six months, career transition services, and 60 days' notice prior to termination, regardless of whether such notice is legally required. Uh, benefits for employees outside the U.S. will align with the employment laws in each country. So, uh, what do you have to say to this news?
1: Bad news, you know, and I think I think I think everybody knows that, and I think we kind of saw this coming. We've got inflation, as we've mentioned before, inflation is as high as it's ever been. And some of these companies are, as Nadella put it, trying to be more efficient. I saw something he said this morning where he said these bigger companies have got to figure out how to be more efficient. Well, I know we talked about it in our private chat, and I'm going to kind of counter for him just a little bit. And I know some of the employees that have been let go or are going to be let go have wondered this. If they can spend all this money on Activision and Blizzard, then why are we getting rid of people? And from a personal point of view, I have an issue with that. I don't think it's right that these companies can go out and spend $68 billion. Let's just call it a round number $70 billion. You're going to do that. You're going to spend that money, but you're going to take away 10,000 jobs. That, That doesn't... That doesn't sit well with me when these companies are spending that money and at the same time taking jobs. Think about how much longer they could pay these people with that $70 billion yeah, or even no, we, $1 billion. Right. We we talked about
0: this. Uh, while they quoted saying they take a $1.2 billion charge, uh, I'm assuming most of that's going to be going towards severances, as, as you, uh, as we kind of described in the package. They seem to be decent enough packages for the 10,000 jobs that are going to be let go. Uh, but we also noted that they, apparently, and I wrote about this, and again, they're not, uh, there's not a correlation, but they seem to be some sort of causation, that uh, they are taking a hit on um, HoloLens, taking a hit on Xbox, uh, by Xbox, True. you mean the studio, uh, maybe even hardware as well. But they were saying they're taking a hardware hit in their portfolio, and they're taking a hit on their expanded campus. Uh, they started building up the campus, I want to say two years prior to the pandemic. Uh, they were really excited to unveil the thing. Uh, the pandemic hit. Uh, what ended up happening was you know, they put millions uh, into this project to expand the campus, and now they've also had to force, I mean, they've, they've been kind of forced by the situation to allow work from home. So all that money that went into bringing all these new people into the stable, uh, one singular area is now going to kind of go to waste as they kind of do a hybrid situation. All of those cafeterias, all the things that they've expanded, all the new offices, all the renovations uh, are going to be sitting unset for a while uh, as they kind of reconsolidate what they're going to do. And they have to pay those leases. Uh, they're not making necessarily the same revenue because no one's in these offices to make that kind of uh, uh, money back. So, uh, yeah, they're spending $60 billion. Uh, and we know that this is Funding money is what I call it, stock money, which is, you know, I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. going to be an all cash deal, if they're getting shares uh, of some stuff, or if there's some kind of licensing, uh, licensing forward uh, kind of situation where they make money uh, years from now uh, as the license kind of matures on these products or or these uh, studios. But either way, uh, as as you said, it's publicly speaking, it doesn't look good to say, hey, in June 2023, we'll have handed over a check. To Activision for 68 billion 68.2 billion dollars but we had to let go of the people who work on Halo uh the people who you know got game pass up and going uh the people who have been working on our marketing divisions to kind of get the awareness for our products so that people know that hey we are we are Activision you know these games would be you know uh, accessible to you people we were getting rid of all those people uh prior to this it just it seems kind of weird it doesn't seem like a the prioritization is there um but Microsoft isn't the only company uh, doing it. You can
1: go ahead and start introducing Well, you know, I know we had heard this week that Amazon, I don't know off the top of my head, maybe you can help me hear how many Amazon laid off. Uh, I did see 18,000. And then Google laid off today 12,000. And like we were talking about, kind of did it in a dirty way. I mean, imagine going to work and you've got a key card. If your key card turns red, you don't have a job. If your key card turns green, you got a job. There, there's no human element. There's no, There seem to be no human element, no empathy. Now, maybe once you figure out which way your key card goes, maybe, you know, you go to door number two and, and you work it out. But can you imagine standing there with your fellow employees in a line and you know, yours doesn't work, and the one behind you does, and you think, well, they fire me, but they keep this guy? I mean, you know, well, I, I can't can imagine what they feel. I can't I can imagine what they feel, but I can't imagine the process. If
0: you've ever had to get customer service for Google for anything, for a pixel device, for help with uh, Google Maps, or if you're, you know, like me, I work ad, with AdSense and things like that, trying to get someone on uh, Google Ads to help you out, their customer service is atrocious. They agree with algorithms. They are great with machine learning. They're great with artificial intelligence. But like you said, when it comes to the human element, I thought they would at least have a little compassion for their employees. Uh, it seems like they're still following in line with the more automated response to unemployment, which is unfortunate. Uh, there was also Meta, who some uh their third, fourth round of, of layoffs. Uh, I believe we were talking about Box. Uh, we've got late-day news information about Vox laying about 7% of their writing staff. I believe it's like Espionation, which is a sports uh, uh, wing is probably mostly gone and other positions for like video editing, stuff like that. It's just, like we said, it's a very dark day uh, for tech in general and all of the tangential things because there's, uh, you know, we mentioned there's second order effects because while there's about 10,000 jobs in the next two weeks that are beginning to disappear from you know, just Seattle alone. Uh, there are also the jobs that came because of the the, the traffic from there. You know, the restaurants, the Ubers, the, the gig economy, all that kind of stuff, you know, renting e-bikes, all of that stuff is going to die out. And while unemployment numbers are looking great at the moment, they are taking into effect about three months from now when these severance packages start to run out and then imp- people have to start either filing for employment or listing that they're unemployed. And those numbers are going to spike, plus all the people that was helping prop up that economy they are going to kind of falter as well. So it's it's tough. It's going to be it's going to be real tough uh, in the next couple of months.
1: I hope these people, you know, find a place to land, and I hope that number two, we've seen ebbs and flows in economy when we have or hiring and hiring freezes and people being laid off. We've seen this before. This is not the first time we've seen this. We usually build back. We usually put the jobs back at some point. This time, though, with the way the pandemic worked out, I think these companies learned something. I think an employer is cheaper working at home than they are working in the office. And I was afraid when we started this whole work from home thing, that employers were going to learn that. Now, I'm not saying that that's the reason all these companies are going through that. No, that's not the, you know, that's not it. But I think that's playing into it. Like you said, they've got offices at Microsoft and buildings that are going to be left unused. Well, if you've got an employer sitting at home, he or she is a lot cheaper to maintain than they are when they're sitting in that office. And I think we're going to see, unfortunately, I think this is the start of layoffs. We're just seeing some of the major companies go ahead and do it. I think there may even be another round of layoffs like how far are we going, you know, are these companies going to cut back to make the hybrid office work? There's going to be some companies that say, "Look, we want you in the office." Maybe they don't do anything, but I think these companies are going to find where that magic number is to make the hybrid office work for them and work for them financially. It's going to cost more jobs, I'm afraid. Uh,
0: potentially. Uh, I'm going to be the optimist to say that this may be the Band-Aid, so to speak. I mean, I'm not saying that the wound is healed. It will, you know, like you said, we will probably see more trickle, but I would say the, the wave of massive layoffs uh, hopefully will start to tamper down from 10,000 in three months to 1,500 over the summer or something like that. That number will start to decrease, as like you said, as they kind of find that sweet spot. But I also believe that the hybrid situation doesn't negate actual employment stagers. They are just now going to renovate these areas, uh, sublease these massive buildings, you know, try to make some recoup some of that revenue. They're not necessarily going to fire the people. They still need them to do whatever it was they were doing. They just don't need to ha- house them, pay electricity, pay rent. Pay for right. fancy stuff like that. So that's the optimism. You could be absolutely correct. We could be seeing because Microsoft tends to like uh, tends to do massive layoffs during the summer after they kind of do their fiscal year wrap up. So uh, we could be seeing another you know five thousand jobs or something, potentially I don't want to say that, but those could be uh, up ahead. you know, like I said, people are kind of finding the number, they're ripping the band off right now. these big massive numbers over mm-hmm. the next two months. Uh, so, uh, we'll see in March, we'll hopefully be able to reassess and see where the economy is at, see where people are at, see if people have landed on their, on their feet. Maybe this because starts a wave of, of indie development, in the projects, more startups, who knows, uh, uh, as we said, inflation hopefully will settle so people can start to borrow money again to start up businesses that they may not have otherwise been able to do since they were locked into an office, you know, uh, Five to eight days a week, forty to sixty hours, whatever. Now that they're free with some separate money, they can go out and venture on their own and help start this jumpstart this economy again. But I'm tired of talking about depressing stuff, so let's move on to something a little less depressing and get into our headlines. What do you got for us today?
1: All right, let's 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 just jump into something a little more nice here, are we and a little more simple too, maybe a little easier for folks to digest. The Office Insider Program is getting a new name for those that use the Office Insider Program. A lot of you that use the Windows Insider Program also use the Office Insider Program. Don't see why we don't combine those in some way, but okay. It is now the Microsoft 365 is what they're they're choosing it to be. And, you know, Microsoft has had the whole love-hate relationship with the Office Insider program for a while, and I think this is just the start of things that we have mentioned in previous podcasts. It's the Microsoft 365 program. I think you're going to start seeing the rest of the consumer-related services jump into the Microsoft 365 name. I think you're going to see some gaming in there. And I was just giving it some thought today. I think you may even see more than one Microsoft 365 program. You may see a business version with some Azure jumped up in there, you know, for the folks that do that type of thing. You may see some hybrid programs. So it's a good time to Good time to pay attention. Right now, it's just a name change, business as usual, but I don't think it's going to be business as usual forever. I think Microsoft's getting ready to shake the tree a little bit, shake some things up. Uh, I totally agree
0: with you. And on the uh, topic of insider builds and seeing business as usual, uh, we are back to pre- you know insider builds. Uh, I am here to bring us some news about Windows Insider Builds. Uh, the Microsoft team is kind of getting back in the swing of things. And actually, we've gotten, I want to say like four different builds over the past uh, five days. So uh, our earlier this week, we got a new beta release channel build that includes uh, future.net framework preview updates uh, that are now dropped into the settings, slash windows, slash updates, slash advanced options, slash optional updates page. Uh, from there, you'll be able to control which of the optional updates you want to install, uh, build uh, 22621.1192 includes fixes for issues affecting uh, search index, uh, .ex searches based on files content, the DNS suffix search list, applications that use Microsoft Edge Web V2, the group policy for expanded toast, and more. Uh, and then later, that I want to say maybe the following day or so, we got a Windows uh, 11 original release insider uh, release preview. Uh, which is 200000.1515 if you're a numbers person. Uh, that new release comes with uh combined Windows Spotlight with Teams, uh, with themes on the personalization page. Uh, this has made it easier for users to discover and turn on the Windows Spotlight features. So this can be like a little icon, whatever on your desktop. It's a lot easier than just trying to find the little spotlight thing and click on it. Uh, they've also improved the Microsoft account experience and settings. Uh, for example, you could manage OneDrive subscription and storage alerts uh, a little bit easier. Uh, they've also provided the full amount of uh, uh, storage capacity for all your OneDrive, so subscription. Uh, this way you can be able to see a display of like what it is you, you know, what's actually taking space in your OneDrive and you can make adjustments from there. Uh, they've also added a new display uh, for Xbox subscription details in the accounts page uh, in the settings app. Uh, And the Xbox subscribers can also manage the subscriptions on that page. Users who are not subscribed could explore Xbox subscriptions uh, options in the account page. Uh, Then we got a a 22H2 release preview channel uh, update um, that has some other fixes in it. Then lastly we got the dev build which was on today yesterday we got it. And this came with some pretty decent visible fixes. Uh, This is the dev channel build uh, 25281, which introduces tabs in the notepad. Uh, This build also introduces some different treatments for how Windows Spotlight looks. All the treatments will continue to share existing core Windows Spotlight features, such as hovering over the icon on the desktop, right-clicking on the icon uh, on the desktop, and double-clicking on the icon on the desktop. They'll bring up different uh, prompts and UI uh, uh, features. The treatment for Spotlight will include a richer UI around displaying the titles and descriptions and learning more information about the image uh, displayed on your desktop via Spotlight. We're also, or Microsoft also trying uh, different ways of switching to different pictures with previews so you kind of get an idea of what's coming up next for the uh, for your full screen desktop background experience. Uh, the beta channel also received one last update uh, that was, I want to say today, uh, that unlocks the widget panel from uh, needing the Microsoft account Login. So if you're in the beta channel and you've been trying to test out widgets, but you don't want to use a Microsoft account, you no longer need one, you'll be able to kind of test with that, get your news and uh, customize however you, you know, to your heart's content without needing a Microsoft uh, account for that. I uh, believe that is all the updates we get uh, for now. But like I said, we've got four or five builds in five days. Microsoft's up and going again.
1: Well. You know they were they were they were kind of, they were kind of dead during Christmas and the holidays and even even a little after so maybe you know maybe they've kind of got a, a, some coffee in them and they're and they're back up and running a little bit but um you know I'm gonna say this tabs in Notepad that that's the one that catches my attention tabs in Notepad I understand the point you know we've got tabs in Explorer okay now we're going to experience tabs in Notepad. Next thing we know, we'll have tabs in Word. Listen, you know, hear me out. Next thing I we know, we're gonna have we're gonna have tabs in Word, folks. It's coming. I think it'd be
0: awesome. Uh, you know, reducing the number of windows in Windows is ironic, but also necessary. So for anybody who's a coder or reading code and want to switch from you know copy paste a lot quicker, this will be a lot easier to do than trying to find out whatever window you had left open. I suppose.
1: Well, we've had tabs in. Browsers for how many years now, and I've always wondered, you know, that that's what we're organically used to is switching tabs in a browser. Whether you use Edge or Chrome or Firefox or Safari, whatever your choice is, they all have tabs. So I've have wondered in Microsoft's defense, why have we not adopted that style to our operating this, system this as well? A, this is the slow
0: revival of sets, people. You heard it here: slow revival of sets. That is coming back, 2025. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> what else you got for us?
1: All right. Since we've talked about layoffs, I've got one more that's going to be a little bit of a downer, but we're going to see if we can get this in a different direction, folks. 343 Industries, which all of you know is the guys that work on one of our most favorite video games, or one of my most favorite. Halo has all has also been victim to the microsoft layoffs they have not laid off quite as many they have laid off let's see if i've got a number here um i don't have an exact number do you have an exact number that you're familiar with uh no but they, uh, they, no i don't think they actually expressed uh, who they laid
0: off uh we just know that uh, we're getting secondhand accounts from people who have actually been laid off. We don't have a specific number, but we do know that Microsoft has laid off several people. Uh, and there have also been some executives who have left in lieu of the... the yes. So, uh,
1: yes. So, yes. And yeah. there's been um, a few PR staff at Bethesda that have been laid off. And a few folks for, for the Gears of War, which has got people wondering if Gears of War Coalition that we're supposed to get in the near future will be affected now instead of sitting here naming names and talking about numbers like we did in the previous layoff go to twitter folks go to twitter look up halo go to facebook look up halo the gamers are mad and i understand it i understand it completely because we've had everything that was done good with halo we had you know we made the multiplayer free they surprised us with the launch a few years ago when it came out you know we did this big thing with halo and halo has always been one of if not the flagship game for microsoft i would say that would be a toss-up between that and gears of war some of that's personal opinion but the gamers are upset that you know has microsoft set halo up to fail will the innovation of halo stop you know and there's there's even been discussion of you know halo runs its own engine why don't we take halo to the unreal engine that's a more plug and play engine that takes less people less workforce to program i'm worried about halo as a gamer myself have they hurt the product i'm afraid they have when you start taking developers away from games and substituting developers you have a problem just ask uh battlefield 2042 you know (laughs) what happened over there and you know that's not a microsoft game i understand that but you know when they change studios we all see how that game launched and different people working on it and some of the original folks have had to come back to fix the problem so i understand gamers being upset here I would be upset too. And unfortunately, as a gamer, as a consumer, there's not much we can do. All we can do is wait and see what happens and hope that our beloved title swims its way out.
0: Yeah, um, to that note, uh, again, I'm going to try to be the optimist here. If there's any silver lining in this, it's that uh, Microsoft is expediting what I believe many have already said needed kinda of to be done. Uh, not necessarily the, uh, the firing, but a uh, drastic change in direction for the the franchise itself, for the property, uh, for the way that uh, the game was developed, for the way that releases came out, for the DLCs, for the patches, fixes, all of those things, for the engine itself. Uh, Microsoft has you know, done what Microsoft does, you know, it kind of tries to chart its own way. And in doing so, it takes it twice as much effort and, uh, and takes them twice as long to do what other people are already doing. Uh, Microsoft did it with Windows Phone. When everyone jumped to Android, it took them longer to get out updates. It, you know, Windows 7.5 was a big thing, but after that, it took another year and a half before they got some of the same features Android was getting on a you know try on a quarterly basis. Uh, this is the same thing with like you said Unreal Engine. Like it's plug and play, so you know getting out fixes and features happens much faster for them than it would I believe Slipstream or whatever the engine is that they use for uh, Halo. Uh, and you know they were saying management was an issue, we don't know, uh, Bonnie Ross is still dealing with the family issue, so we're not going to try and bring that into that. But I think right now is Microsoft's cover, so to speak, in the loop of all these unemployment things to kind of clean house for that. It will, I don't believe the next follow-up game to Halo will come out in the next five years or so, but they need, they'll probably need new writers, they will need a new direction for what the game is going to be like how the game is distributed you know a mobile version of this that <laughs> works well on phone uh not just a companion device but an actual playable version on the phone this person that they're looking into and as they acquire activision they will get all of this so they will you know there was going to be some overlap and there was going to be some firing at that time what they're doing now is they're taking all the bad will all the bad pr they're getting for all these firings stuffing the halo firing right underneath that letting that go and in June, if things go according to plan, or you know, October, or whatever time they get Activision, if they get Activision acquired, they won't have to say, hey, we're letting go 6,000 people as we acquire this. You know, we're, we're, we're crossing over jobs. So they'll just say, hey, we picked up these people and we're putting them on the Halo team, because the Halo team now has room for that kind of stuff. That's my silver lining uh for that but again i my heart goes out to everyone who's been working on these things and i appreciate Ag. and i play the game constantly and i appreciate all the work that everyone's done I on do this um uh, and i think they've done a great job i hope they get jobs elsewhere or if they start their own game uh let me know i'll see if i can try and support that but that's how i see microsoft kind of positioning these firings right now to buy them time for activision to kind of revamp restart both probably uh gears of war and Halo, what a new developing team that knows uh, Real Engine and can get stuff out much faster.
1: I think you're onto something there. You know, Activision has used, the Activision games have used the Unreal Engine for a while now. And if we can ever get the Microsoft games on there, you know, Microsoft has had the same group of titles, now that you mention it. We've had the same group of titles for quite a few years now. We've not had any additions that have really just knocked our socks off like gears of war did like halo did like forza motorsports did we've had the um forza horizon spinoff but maybe after we get this merger done if they get it done we can get some new some new blood in the water as they say and see if we can get not only some better titles some better additions to the existing titles but some better titles out there some some options, yeah. if you will, without having to pull on existing IP.
0: Exactly. Or maybe they just
1: revamp it so that Halo plays a little bit more like Destiny and
0: has a little more story driven and you know, get Good some I r- Yeah, get some RPG elements in there that are more than just acquire a weapon and kind of kick it out with some new custom skins and stuff like that. But enough about that. Let's get into Uh, One of the other ones we have, another headline, is uh, ChatGPT in Azure, which I believe you already mentioned. I'll just kind of briefly go over some of the details. The company announced that the general availability of Azure OpenAI services, which uh, was previously in preview, uh, will now run alongside, the, uh, I guess, the announcement Sasha Nidola made this week about the ChatGPT chat box being available in the OpenAI service. Now, according to Eric Boyd, which is the Microsoft CVP uh, for AI platforms, quote, with Azure OpenAI services now generally available, more businesses can apply for access to the most advanced AI models in the world, including GPT 3.5, Codex, and Dolly 2 I believe, uh, or e 2 yeah, backed by the trusted enterprise-grade compa- uh, capabilities of AI-optimized infrastructure of Microsoft Azure. To create cutting-edge applications, customers will also be able to access ChatGPT, a and you know, which is a fine-tuned version of the 3.5 version, uh, soon. Now we don't know the definition of soon, but I would assume in the next three months. if They're making this announcement. It's probably on the roadmap for, like we said, the end of Q2. So uh, Microsoft's pushing ahead with ChatGPT, even though they just uh, we just recently announced or wrote about their, uh, uh, I guess their funding for the next round. I think they were putting in what was it, 10 billion into. Um, OpenAI, I think there's a the partnership with OpenAI, they also have co-pilots currently underway right now and starting to bring in ideally some revenue for that, so they're all in, but what I believe what we set off mic was that this is a shot across the bow to Google, you can run with that.
1: Yes, I'd like to run with that one a little bit. Google has always been the search engine we go to, folks, for a lot of people. I'm guilty myself. I fire up edge. Google is my default search engine. I confess I've done it. Um, I think Google has a reason to be worried, or Google Bing has a reason to be worried here because ChatGBT, as Kareem said, is something different. It's real AI, it's real answers. I have used the bot myself and, you know, it's amazing what that thing will will spit out. We don't have a podcast long enough for me to explain some of the cool things that I have seen it do or done myself. And with that being said, we heard today that Google is worried enough that they're asking some of the founders to come back and say, hey, Microsoft has got this thing over there called JetGBT. They're investing billions of dollars. They've already announced, as we said, that they're going to put it on the Azure platform. If it makes it to Bing, we're in trouble. And folks, I hate to say it, I think Google could get their first round of trouble in the search, in the search space. I can't tell you how many years Google has been dominant in the space, but to ask your original original founders to come back and help us with an AI project, that lets me know that somebody has felt something at Google that says, we better open our eyes because remember, Google is two companies. You have Google, which is search engine and ad revenue, and then the rest of their products falls under alphabet. So I believe, Kareem, you were saying the Google revenue is 80, 90% of the Google company. We've already got advertising revenue dropping because of the economic conditions. What if Bing throws a nice shot across the bow and says well, we'll take another thirty percent. Maybe they take forty percent. Maybe this chat GBT really kicks off, and well, we'll take fifty percent. And watch yeah. Google sit over there and struggle because they didn't invest. Now they've got to come up with their own. So they're, they're Google's playing catch up a little bit here.
0: Yeah, and for anyone who's telling you, know, yelling at the screen like you guys are in your mind and stuff like that, just think of the approach as it being an indirect assault. It is not necessarily we're going to match you feature for feature. As you said, Google's been dominant for, for more than a decade now in search. They have solidified the position. The problem is, is that traditional uh, search ad revenue is decreasing across the board for everybody. Uh, Facebook is the first one to kind of bleed out massively for this, but Google has gone from uh, an 89% distribution of their ad revenue for the company to, to a little over 80 as we speak. So they've lost about 10% over the last uh, several quarters. Um, and this will continue to happen as people become numb to traditional ad uh, ad marketing. So uh, what the way Microsoft is uh, looking, uh, I would assume essentially trying to attack them is through uh, natural language searches, which Google does a decent job, but when it comes to applying it to productivity, applying it to uh, reporting, applying it to uh, documentation, things like that, Microsoft has that foothold in, in productivity. When you, like you said, when you're asking, Uh, a bot to drum up a report for you of cities that have you know the most significant economic downturn when it comes to land prices if you're trying to like you know say you know start a franchise start a mcdonald's somewhere in detroit you're trying to figure out these numbers you can say it to the machine say it to the ai and it spits you out a report that is very valuable and that's how you get a foothold in search that expands outward that doesn't it isn't just me and you saying hey What was, you know, who was this actor in this movie? It is more complex than that. It's this power BI tied into all this machine learning that spits out reports and makes everyone else's lives easier. When they think about search, they're gonna start thinking about Microsoft in that aspect. Back to earlier conversation about why Microsoft is still trying in in mobile. This ties into that as well. uh, Because, you know, the way Google kind of supplanted anybody else was by having Google on the phone. That was your search engine. Like you said, it's your default on things. You swipe up, Google shows up, that's your first introduction in the search. Microsoft needs that. They need to have a way to get being in more people's hands, into more people's things, not just the productivity side. So if they can get a phone, any type of hardware, even a more traditional phone, which I am not a huge fan of because I feel like it's following the Windows phone thing, but if they produce a slab phone that has Bing as the default search and businesses can tie that Bing search back to their business, back to their reporting, back to all the things that they do in their office, that is Undercutting what Google's doing—it's—it's it's a long con. It's a long game. A lot could happen, but that's why we both are in agreement that Google is waking up, saying, "Okay, let's let's get back into competing, you know, pound for pound like we used to.
1: 'Cause they've not had, a, you know, I know we're we Microsoft guys. We we produce content for a Microsoft website, but ultimately, Google has not had to worry about search in many years and you brought up something interesting there with tying it into the phone i don't know what you use on your phone but i've got the microsoft launcher on my android phone and if you notice that is the one thing that will default to bing when you install it now to be fair you can Turn it you- off or ch- or change it to Google. Yes, I'm sorry. I changed mine to Google because of better results. But <laughs> let's see if uh, ChatGPT can get me to change it back to Bing. And I'll throw one more thing out there for the tech folk. My yeah. last point, w- point was going to be, you had mentioned it was spitting out a report. Something cool that I did with it that the techies that read our site might would be interested in. Scripting powershell scripting uh, bash scripting you can literally ask it write me a script to find files on my device that are larger than one gig let's say for example you you, you're trying to clean up your hard drive it will give it a second spit out the script you can literally copy and paste that script into powershell and watch it work and then make sure you keep it on the screen because if you don't like the results you get you can ask it again to modify the information it just gave you so let's say for example you know your largest files are your backups well let's assume your backups have the file name that starts with backup you can tell it adjust this script to find files named backup that are, are, are a certain size and it'll spit them out you copy the script, paste it in. That's just an example of what Google has to look forward to in a, in, a, in a loose way of finding a way to compete. So search, once again, is going to get interesting. I agree. And with that being said, that brings us to the end of this pod. We hope we didn't bum you out.
0: Uh, if you happen to be uh, recently unemployed, uh maybe skip this pod all together. Sorry, we put this at the end. <laughs> but, uh, Sorry about that, guys. We do want to thank you for joining us, uh, for tolerating us and, you know, enjoying hopefully whatever we give you as far as content. I uh, hope to see you next week. Uh, Again, okay, You can find me at MindHead1 on Twitter if you want to
1: reach out and chat about anything or if you want to uh, yell at me about anything I've written. Uh, where can people find you? David P A J 1978 on Twitter and like like cream said you can yell you can scream we've heard it all at this point we would be glad to interact with you and um you can always drop a comment down below too we 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 keep the comments checked you know i'm more than happy to interact with you guys we can have some good good discussions anyway you guys have a great weekend and we'll see you next time